<laughs> we didn't even say we believed in them either. I just said, what is a ghost? They hate it when you I leave said, what is a ghost and do they exist? And they're like, may be obviously ghosts. you're a blasphemer if you think ghosts are real. They're all demons. <laughs> you idiot. Praise Father, Son, and Holy. Nope. Holy Spirit. That's the way the song's supposed to go. Whoever wrote that is dumb. Doxology, more like uh, doxology. Never mind. Doc's apology. There you go. I tried. Ooh. I'm not sure. I like that. I like the way you're thinking. <laughs> yeah. All right. So you ready, Zach? Yeah. Let's try. I'm Zach. And I'm Colin. And, and welcome, welcome to the House Plants Podcast. We're here to talk about music, ministry, media, ministry, mission, ministry, and Jesus. Don't forget ministry. <laughs> <laughs> and many more things. Many more ministries. Hey, Aaron, how are you? Doing good. Our friend Aaron Campbell is here all the way from Elyria, Ohio. No, he's not really here. He's um, via he's Facebook. present with FaceTime, us. Whatever you want to call via that. Via technological advancement. We can't say FaceTime because then we'll get sued. So he's with us from magic of the Holy Spirit. We are not giving Apple any free stuff. This so he's with us via a device. If, you, if they give us money. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Um, we'll hear from Aaron in a little bit. But first, Zach, do you want to tell people about what song we're about to do? Sure. This is a song off a um, long time coming. It's been up and coming for years now. Concept album. Please we're support actually, us. So we're we actually getting very happen. far on it now for the first time in a couple years. So yeah. um, this one is just a kind of an encouragement song. Um, the person who's singing it is saying that like, I'm going to keep on keeping on essentially um, even in the face of adversity. And so it's called, keep on walking and uh the phrase keep on walking i think came from wayne lee that's right, right. Mm-hmm. i almost forgot about that yeah yeah so that was a cool st- stepping stone for us yeah we had a friend who was going through a lot of different uh things in his life and he was saying like if i could just keep on walking like there'll be another day wayne lee shout out to you and marianne all right let's do it Darkness comes and I feel so far from the light of day. You tell me you are there, and your voice is lost in the cold and quiet far away. You tell me you are there, but the truth is that there's so few promises that are not broken in this life. So why should I believe you when you say it's different this time? You're telling me to get back on my feet and keep on walking, keep on walking, yeah, keep on walking. Sorrow, you tell me it's not the end. 
Can you promise me a path around harm's way and a peace one day to come? Can you promise me a road beneath my feet and the skies to glow above? Or maybe just your love. So keep on walking.
Amen. That was our first time doing that song all the way through. What do you think, Aaron? Love it. Awesome. How'd that sound That's on your guy. end? Did you hear everything? I could hear a little bit of it. All right, cool. Nice. I That's all you needed to hear to know how great it was. <laughs> so. That? <laughs> Pretty good. That was probably awesome. the most ambitious song we've done on the podcast so far. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll see how everybody else feels about it. It's obviously far from done, but we've done a we've done a few of the prog ones, but they're all like half baked. Yeah, we're still working on it. The idea is to kind of do like transitions between all the different songs and stuff. One of the funny things about this podcast that we've been talking about is that um, we can't do copyrighted music, obviously, unless it was written before 1923 or we wrote it ourselves. Which it wouldn't be copyrighted. Which it wouldn't. Well, it'd be copyrighted by us if it was from ourselves. Yes. But um, I guess. No, I'm talking about the old stuff. Yeah, exactly. Public domain. So the, uh, the thing is, it's inspired us to like write more. So yeah, we have like music for the podcast. I feel the pressure, especially if I have, if we have an idea for a song and we need it to be just finished enough to be able to record it on the podcast. So So. Aaron Campbell, welcome. Welcome to the houseplants podcast, live stream podcast stream. Yeah. We're glad to have you on buddy. So, um, yeah, let's just get right into it. In Genesis two, six, it says that, uh, it did not yet rain the face of the earth. And then uh, streams or mist came up out of the ground. I just want to ask you right here and now, did it rain that day when mist came up or uh, what? How does God <laughs> it says it had that? not yet rained on the earth. Yeah. So I don't know why they would even say that if they weren't clearly claiming that it rained. Remind me to ask somebody at Asbury. But I've mean, been meaning to do that for three years. <laughs> I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. Welcome, I have to welcome. know the answer. It's very important. <laughs> All right, Aaron. Well, if you watch the movie Noah, you'd, you'd really know what was going on. What so, happened? That one. Noah? Yeah. The Russell Crowe so, one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he beats that, up everybody really and makes it so rain. If you really want to know what happened. <laughs> you, you just watch that. I think what happens is Russell Crowe gets really jacked and then grabs a cloud yeah. and rings out rain. From and then you see somebody, um, <laughs> you see somebody stick a spear into like a chariot wheel. And then the chariot flips over revealing very briefly, like a compressed, like CO2 air can, like in the back of the chariot. <laughs> Are you talking about the gladiator? <laughs> That's an actual thing on gladiator. It is, it is. I remember. All right, Zach, what are we asking Aaron about today? Um, yeah. T- so today we're talking about Aaron and his life and his current ministries that he's got going on. Not just Aaron. We're going to, we're going to be starting this uh, series. <laughs> this is another ambitious thing. We're going to try and do a series specifically on music for the next three yeah. weeks yeah. Of, the, of the episodes. I was getting to that. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, so... Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Zach. Yeah. This is a ice cream-inspired podcast, I think. I had too much ice cream, everybody. <laughs> I normally have two gallons today. I had four gallons. Yeah, yeah. So we'll, we'll ask Aaron a little bit uh, what's going on, and then we're going to dive into the subject of music, which we have a um, couple different episodes that we are going to do about music that are going to be a series um, be pretty cool. on worship and then yes. just music in general. What's cool is that we actually recorded a music episode before today, but the way you'll be hearing it is in the right order. This one's going to be first, right? This one will be first. Okay. Yeah. So you'll hear this one and then uh, one with me and Zach. And part two, we're going to talk about modern worship music. And then in part three, uh, we're going to bring on uh, Jonathan Powers, a worship professor who's going to talk about uh, liturgy and the role of the Holy Spirit and all that good stuff. So there you go. So Aaron, first things first, um, how are you doing today? <laughs> I'm doing great, man. <laughs> Just had some Chipotle and I'm feeling good. 
Heck yeah. Um, we're going to have to edit that yeah, out. Dude. Sorry. You had a burrito from somewhere. <laughs> we don't know where it is. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm teasing. I had oh, a non-copywritten <laughs> burrito. <laughs> it was very plain. There was no dis, you know, disseminating uh, whatever. It didn't look like any specific burrito. It didn't look like a Joey's bag of donuts. It didn't look like anything. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> no, but um, uh, what, um, what I guess uh, we want to ask is what ministries are you currently involved with over there at Church of the Open Door? Yeah, so my uh, main role is um, front of house audio for Church of the Open Door. Um, that's a fancy way of saying I'm a sound technician. Um, and so <clears throat> I do that on Sunday morning. Um, and then throughout the week, I have uh, different events and things that I do. I'm sort of like an on-call technician for any event that they might need sound, lighting, or anything like that. Cool. Um, and then I also, I, I sort of have a dual role, um, attached to church of the open door is a, is a building, a school building. And I am the worship arts teacher. They have a class just for worship arts. So I'm, I'm the teacher for that class. Very cool. Awesome. So, yeah. Hey, Aaron, cool. are you getting any lag on your end? Do you hear us uh, lagging at all? Not really. Out? Okay. Cool. Okay. Good. Am I am I lagging? No, I think it might just be our instrument. It's or something. it's my Wi-Fi. It's no big deal. It is probably it's no big deal. Um, yeah. No, you're coming in fine. It's just uh, yeah. it's it's scratching a little bit. All right. Cool. So tell us um about all right uh tell us about what is Church of the Open Door. Tell us about that first. Uh yeah, Church of the Open Door is the um on denominational church in Northeast Ohio. Um, we have three campuses. The head campus is in Elyria, Ohio. And then we have two satellite campuses, one in Avon Lake and one in Vermilion. So that's sort of like Vermilion is to the west of us of Elyria. And then Avon Lake is to the east. And then we're currently in process of opening an, another campus in Lorraine, which is kind of right in the middle. Nice. Awesome. Uh, 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 right in the middle uh, and right uh, directly north of Elyria campus. So cool. it's, uh, it's all part of a sort of a, a campaign that we put together called the 2020 vision where we want to have both more campuses opening by the year 2020. So that's, awesome. that's sort of like, that's sort of our yeah. mission, just reaching Northeast yeah. Ohio in yeah. as many ways as we can. So um, glad to hear that God is doing um, big work with you guys. That's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. And um, really exciting times. Yeah. So you're um, you're the sound tech kind of around like the worship services and stuff. Um, does your church do anything to like make sure that you feel? appreciated for all that work that you do <laughs> as like a sound technician. Uh, yeah. I know what he's going to say. Yeah, they do. They give you money. No, no, no. I know. Was being stupid. No, I just mean like, do they recognize like your work and your team? Like what you guys are doing? Yeah, we, uh, there's a big push to um, really focus on serving in. Uh, and so we do a lot of volunteer appreciation um, things that we do as well as for staff too. There's always staff appreciation. So that's awesome. Nice. Yeah. I was just going to say that like the problem in a lot of churches is that the tech people are, uh, 
they're kind of like uh, hiding in the shadows a lot of the time. And I, I feel like um, some churches don't do enough to um, really step out and like make sure yeah. they know that they're a part of the yeah. team. Yeah, our big, our big right, thing. Yeah, there's, oh, there's definitely a, um, a sort of, um, I guess you would say, a leaning towards a, a, a certain personality that is not um, really wanting to be, you know, seen. Yeah. Um, versus the guys that are on stage, it's sort of a, it can be a sort of overlooked position. Um, yeah. So. I, um, being, me and Zach both were worship leaders, but being on the stage, um, we, it may not seem that way from, from anybody watching a practice, but having a good sound technician is like night and day. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's so frustrating when you can't get sound right. I always try to do everything I can to work with the guys behind the booth. Cause me and you both have been, um, on both sides of that. And yeah. it's, it's really tough when you're back there like running sound <laughs> and like the people in the front, Mm-hmm. Like are not communicating with you. They're like changing the song up and you don't know like what to do with the slides yeah. and stuff. It can be frustrating. <laughs> the one I love is like, yeah. uh, I can't really hear myself too good. Mm. Oh, okay. I'll turn you up a little bit. I still really can't hear anything. <laughs> oh, okay. I'll turn you up. And then like the start of the service. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's There's like, definitely something to be said about a good mix engineer, because <laughs> if the mix is bad, it doesn't you can, like the best performers can't make it sound any better. Yeah. It's it's that's something I've noticed. If if the mix is bad or if your sound engineer is not paying attention, it's really gonna affect the performance. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I know that a lot of the validation and appreciation that comes my way is more from people on stage <clears throat> good. than maybe maybe in the congregation. Yeah. Um it's sort of the a weird thing where if the mix is really, really good, it's pretty much transparent and you don't notice it mm-hmm. but That's if it's goal. going wrong everybody notices it and yeah. it's and it's more noticeable that way so it's a weird it's a weird thing that is the goal um, a lot of the time yeah yeah i, I wonder a, how many of our listeners are even aware of like all that going on you know because unless you've kind of been a part of the worship service you might not know like the difficulties of like trying to get the mix good and trying to make sure everybody's mics work and, and they can all hear each other and not hear themselves some yeah. people don't want to be heard but other people want to hear themselves louder than everybody else so you really have to yeah yeah um, we've got a pretty good uh, scenario to where a lot of the what we do is the front of the house and the monitors which is always a big battle for people on stage and people yeah. back in the tech booths, they're sort of not reliant on front of front of house front of house as much yeah. now. Um, a lot of the battles that in the past have all, between the sound engineer and the people on stage has always been over monitors, and so the way yeah. we have things set up are, is really beneficial to us. To where monitors are set completely separate of anything that's going on in front of house, so that's they usually get, the best way that, to do it. Yeah, do they get in ears? Where you guys are at? Yep. Yeah. That yep. always helps. So we have that a con- so we too. actually have a front of house console <laughs> that I use. Yeah. yeah. And you then a uh, when you have that an in-ear mo- uh, monitor console just for them so that so that they can hear themselves and play and then front of house is completely separate. It's really, really nice. I have some like funny questions for you. <laughs> First one being, <laughs> does anybody on your stage have control of the sound? Like does anybody have an iPod or iPad and they can do stuff when you're like trying to fix stuff? Um, so, well, we have, we, we do run tracks for our, um, for Sunday morning, just to fill out the, the sound and sort mm-hmm. of, 
So it's sort of like a dual purpose thing. What we do is we set the um, the sequence of the songs, like verse, chorus, bridge, yeah. you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And they, we have guide tracks that only they hear in their ears. Um, so it helps them keep keep them together. Meanwhile, if there's a lot of things that are recorded on an album that you can't really replicate live. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that's so tracks are really useful for that, like violins, strings, synth, things like that. Right. Um, that's kind of so. the future now of worship is you got like tracks yeah. playing like on Ableton or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's really all- helpful because we're also a volunteer. So if yeah. our bass player is sick and can't come in Sunday morning, we just sort of we have the ability to play press the bass unmute, track, play the bass track, the bass track and then, hey, hey I guess that is a, a plus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think about so, that. Yeah. Like that. I haven't been in that uh, much of a situation. I've had in-ear monitors and and I've used uh, like ethereal pad in the background Mm -hmm. or whatever. But um, yeah, I guess my fear would be like that it would get too wooden. Like if it was too tied down to like, yeah, like the, uh, the chorus has to be, it can get that way. Exactly. Four measures after this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And Um, one of the big issues that we run into is if people get off with the mm. track, it's, it, it's yeah, a train wreck. So you can't. So there's there's <laughs> definitely advantages and disadvantages to to, to doing it that yeah. way. Yeah. So what For about sure. um, sort of count the costs and. So w- what about? Uh, <laughs> here's my second funny question. Have you ever uh, had somebody come with come to you with like a complaint and you know what the like solution is, but they don't, and so instead of trying to explain it to them, you just kind of like placate them. <laughs> Example. So like um, a, a person comes to me and goes <laughs> like. Uh, clearly the monitors are broken because they're not playing loud enough. And then you go like, Oh, well, don't worry. I got it. And they're like, well, what you need to do is turn these monitors up. And I go, mm, I don't know if that's what I need to do. you know what? You're right. I'll take care of it. And you just like go back there and do the real thing. That's what I've had to do before. It's the, the classic uh, sound story I ever heard was there was a, there was a church that had a, a fake, volume button that there was a lot of um older older people that didn't like it as loud so what they would do is they would give them a a button like sitting on this on the tech booth they say here you go here's the here's the main volume so they can every every sunday someone would come up and turn it like that but it it wouldn't be wouldn't be doing anything but it made them feel better so yeah yeah that's that's cute (laughs) (laughs) it's adorable yeah. Oh, dude, that's so funny. <laughs> well, I went over there and turned it down. Thank you very much. <laughs> Our, Gosh, it's so loud in here. Okay, the, well, the main volume's over there. Oh, great. <laughs> what else? It's like that? the AC. That's they so just turned it, turn yeah. it down to make them feel better. Yeah. <laughs> so how about... Oh, that's, oh, that's better. <laughs> how about uh, the teaching part of your job? How is that yeah. going? Um, It's really, really awesome. Um, So I've I've been doing a couple different sort of teaching things i was teaching the school has a, a band that they that they have um so I, for a little while i was teaching the drum line i've sort of pulled back on that a little bit to focus more on the worship aspect um mm-hmm. yeah so what they do on thursdays in the middle of the school day they have a chapel service it's basically a church service oh, yeah. um right in the middle of the school day which is really really cool so, and it's student-led worship. So that's where awesome. the worship arts class comes in. So we, we spend our time throughout the week preparing the songs and um, getting ready to basically perform for for the worship 
part of the chapel services. So does it's really, that, really cool. Does that band, um, is, is it youth you said it's youth, right? Yeah. So yeah, does, does the that... class itself is only nine, uh, grades nine to 12. Is it? So I've so got anywhere from freshmen to seniors high schoolers. in my class. Very so, nice. So are they, so you said that that band specifically has like its own worship service that can play it? Yeah. Oh, right. that's cool. That's um, awesome. I've got like 19 kids Whoa. in my class. <laughs> that's a big band. <laughs> and all of them have, um, like I have two drummers, a couple bassists, um, and a lot of vocalists. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, I put, I put together a rotation of singers and band um, to where they're all performing for and leading worship for their peers. Nice. Um, it's really, really cool. Really good way to like sort of if some of them want to be worship leaders someday, it's basically a chance for them to learn how to do that and kind of develop the skills now before they're launched into um, college or anything like that. That's a big deal. Or just being a better volunteer at their church and sort of bridging that gap, helping helping local worship leaders out, having more uh, prepared musicians. So it's really really cool opportunity. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, if it's you have, nice. if you have three bass players and like the same worship team, what I would do to be funny was I would, um, tell each bass player to be one part of a third of a chord. So like, so like the one, three and the five. So like, no matter what the baseline was, if it was spinal really tap, spinal tap had a song with a triple bass threat. So like the, whoever's like your best bassist, he gets to play the melody line. Yeah. It'd be like, do, 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 do. And then the other person has to do a third above that. The other person do a fifth above that. And it's just chords the whole song. No Sorry. vocals at all. Yeah, <laughs> everyone's singing to bass. <laughs> there's there's vocals you just can't hear because the bass is blessed. The bass is so loud. <laughs> <laughs> all right, it's their revenge for being mixed out of most music anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, let me let me follow up about this music teacher thing because I um I'm you're our first kind of like I guess. Ken Southgate was on here. He's an educator, but yeah. Um, a music educator specifically is really interesting. Let me ask you, do you find it? Cause me and Zach have discussed the idea of this, like you, you know, you know, and understand music. And so clear, I would, I would take your class, but is, was it a hard learning curve, learning how to deal with a big group of people younger than you or the same age or older and like try and instruct them. Is that like skill of being a leader or being a teacher, something you were naturally good at or did it take a while to learn? Yeah, it can be pretty challenging. Um, you have kids, um, that are at different skill levels. And so sort of trying to navigate that can be a challenge for sure. Um, Mm -hmm. I try and do a, a precursor music teaching to where they're all on the same page theory wise. Mm. So I give them the absolute bare bone basics of music and understanding how music works. So now they understand that chords cool. are like this and we have melody chords and rhythm basically Right. So giving them a foundation and then sort of applying what they know from the basics to whatever instrument they, they choose. Very cool. So that's kind of how I do it. It, it. it can be challenging if you have <clears throat> a kid that's been playing for nine years and a kid that <laughs> just started on guitars. <laughs> right. It can be challenging. Um, so, but yeah, that's, I guess that's part of the job is teaching them where, teaching them where they are and adapting to their school. That's level. awesome. So, 
Yeah, that is pretty cool. I um, I'll say that I've dabbled in music teaching, like piano lessons and stuff like that. But when it's just like one or two kids, you can kind of customize each different person. Yeah. Like kind of meet them where they are. But I think it would be really <laughs> tough to deal with like. <laughs> this is not a slam against anybody I've done worship with in the past, but you already deal with children when you're on a worship team. <laughs> so to like actually deal with more kids in like a teaching classroom. Well, be... that's, that's us included. <laughs> yeah, no, we're kids. Just as, that's what I mean. Right. And so, uh, so for me, it would be a big challenge to try and, um, try and wrangle them in a way to like, sure. they all are listening to. And I'm, and I'm sure that that's just mm-hmm. every teacher, but maybe specifically with music, like you said, you have, like it would be like if you had a math course, if you had like algebra and then some kid only knew addition and somebody else knew like calculus and you just have to like rein them all in. <laughs> That's what it right. sounds like you're saying. What I what yeah. I also do, I find beneficial is if some of the kids are a little more advanced, I'll give them opportunities to be leaders themselves and to, and to teach the kids that don't know as much. Ooh. Um, I've, I've, there's a technique called the Feynman technique. Okay. Where the best way to learn something is to teach it to someone else. So it's, it's sort of a staggered teaching method where I give them a task, the kids teach their peers, mean, and so all of them are learning in this sort of staggered system. Oh, that's kind of interesting. Um, you can't. It's really easy to, or it's 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 more difficult to, um. Like you can you can be a really good player, but until you teach someone how to play, yeah, you really have to hone your skill yourself in order to explain it to them. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of that's sort of what I do. I let them teach each other and sort of grow them that way, and then repeat the process. It's kind of like Marianne so, with that mandolin. <laughs> I only learned the mandolin like a week earlier, but then yeah. when I taught her. It's like I felt like I was getting better just like showing her stuff. Yeah, that right. was how Colin learned the mandolin. Was somebody wanted mandolin lessons. <laughs> And Colin didn't know how to play the mandolin, so he learned it yeah. so he could teach somebody. Right. So you gotta get you gotta get it down before you can teach. Yeah. Well, I, so I have done similar things. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's uh, it's funny because I'll never be like I'll never be like a ten out of ten like at any instrument. But one of my gifts is just being able to be like a six out of ten in like almost anything I pick Ooh. up. Except uh, I guess the only <laughs> struggle I've ever had is maybe with a. Uh, uh, stringed instruments without frets. Yeah, those I always are hit tough. the. I always get real sour on those notes. Yeah, I don't have the ear to like remember <laughs> I, exactly I no where to go with my hand. <laughs> and not yeah. not just like yeah, me. I'm especially lost yeah. on strings because I'm a percussionist and piano player, so everything has to be like hit. I don't I don't pluck or strum. It's <laughs> really you're, difficult you're for me. The bass. So. You're good at the bass. What's though. this? There's I've no, had my own challenges. There's no buttons on. I'm trying it. to teach an acoustic guitar player. Yeah. 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 <laughs> right. Hey, you probably, so. like you said, you probably got better at acoustic just from teaching kids how to play acoustic. I mean, that's just how it goes. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah. One other really nice thing is I have another teacher in there that sort of fills in the gaps of my knowledge. Mm. Um, I, it's me and it's actually two other teachers. Um, oh, one's cool. a vocalist, one is a player. I can handle the drums, keys, and other things like that, as well as worship leading in general. And then, um, the other teacher is a bassist, so we sort of have all of our grounds covered. Nice. Very cool. So. Is his beard slightly yeah. longer than yours to indicate like further wisdom? <laughs> so <laughs> no. the kids are like, Aaron, do you know this? Mine's the longest, so I'm, I'm the dominant one. <laughs> Aaron, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Campbell, do you know this thing? And you're like scratching, be like, hmm, and yeah. then it pans over, and there's a guy with an even longer beard, and he's like, 
I shall answer. <laughs> yes, the longest beard equals the most experience. <laughs> it's the most knowledge. All right, Zach, so um, what are we talking about? Okay, so we're going to dive into a little bit of our subject matter. And we're talking a little bit about um, the divide between what are air quotes secular things or air quotes Christian things. Um, and should there be a divide sometimes? And if there is a divide, can the secular things still be useful to God? And how do we um, kind of parse through all that? So I looked up a couple things. Um, I had remembered this quote from a while back, uh, but there was a early church father whose name was Tertullian. And he was uh, kind of afraid of like the Greek um, philosophical influence on Christianity. You know, the Greeks, they had like Plato, yeah. Aristotle, they were like the masters of like the philosophical. I think there was a big bounce back from that, right? Like I remember that from my like mm. history of Christian thought class. Yeah, they're well, the two the two influenced each other. Um, Tertullian was worried about that, and so he says, uh, "What has Athens to do with Jerusalem?" Mm-hmm. So, kind of the assumption there is like, let's stay away from this secular thought. You know, we need to just like be pointed at the Bible alone. Sure, and I can. I think, you know, we both, all three of us can probably kind of see some value in that. Um, But I guess to a counterpoint is I think there's a lot of times for God to have a use for us in the public square. Um, So even though we understand Tertullian's concern, uh, we're also looking at places like uh, Deuteronomy 6, 8, where it says to take uh, scripture and then tie them as symbols on your hands, bind them on your foreheads. And then it says something really interesting. It says to... um, Put them on your doorposts, which is kind of like a way of saying, like, you need to have your scripture um, and your knowledge of it and your faith as like an outward sign. Because the doorpost is pointing to like your door is pointed out to the marketplace right. when you live in a town. Mm. Um, and so Christianity has this like um, history of like being like part of the marketplace of ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first people to like really take the gospel out with them were like these traders. So they weren't doing anything like they weren't like high priests or anything like that. Uh, they were just these guys riding camels, like along the trade routes, you know, right. little guys right. with businesses and stuff. Even Paul, you know, it talks about, uh, he was a tent maker. So he had this like business, you know, yeah. where he's got these people working for him and he's kind of teaching them about scripture while he's doing kind of the secular work of making tents. Right. So our question is, can secular things be useful to God? Or, or is there times when they're not and when they are? Yeah. What do you think, Aaron? Yeah, I think it kind of depends on what the thing is. Um, I definitely know Jesus said we're supposed to be a light to the world. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. that implies that we need to be out in the world and being, we can't be in this little Christian bubble where we never go outside of um, anything that's quote unquote Christian. Right. Um, So there's definitely a, a, a missional focus. And I think as Christians, we should be, looking for ways to meet people in the secular world. So, Oh yeah, for sure. So we, um, so we're in a time period where certain Christian musical artists, I'm not going to go into this. This is a big, stupid thing. It's, it's useless to debate on this kind of thing, but there has been a question raised about certain Christian artists who seem to be like 
falling away uh, from their faith or becoming more secular as time goes on. Yeah. And so the question has been raised, is that it is that a sign of something bad or is that like because the the double edged sword there that I guess some people would argue is you've got you you've got a person who might argue and say, I want to reach the world as a whole mm-hmm. with the with the message of Jesus. And to do that, I might meet them where they are. And still a different person would say, we need to be the representation of Jesus and not sully ourselves with things of the world. Yeah. And the scripture yeah. kind of supporting both ends. Yeah. So we like when we raise topics like this, most of the time our thing is like, let's discuss, but let's not like sully the idea by going like, this is the right how answer. Is, how is it that we can be in the world, but not of the world and still reach the world with music. Right. Right. And music specifically, I think is a area where it kind of gets murky. Um, yeah, because we now have a Christian music industry Mm -hmm. where before I think there was just a music industry and sometimes songs were Christian and sometimes they weren't. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Aaron, Let me ask you, because we're on this subject now. Um, I am a person who appreciates music for music without any like lyrical connotation like involved. Like I can hear a song and if it's like musically good, I can just ignore everything. But that's me. I'm like a Christian person. Zach is more lyrically like he he writes lyrics better than I do. And he, I, I assume that he probably focuses a little bit more on the lyrics because of the your writing style. So let me ask you this. Could a like progressive rock song that's not necessarily lyrically Christian be like used by God? Hmm. Uh, uh, possibly. Um, that you're saying the lyric content sort of the message is not Christian, but the music itself is very um, inspirational, like intricate. Would you say? Yeah. So, like, here, here's my. I guess I'm not phrasing it well. What I'm saying is like all three of us are music appreciators. Like we're music yeah. enthusiasts. We're r- music writers. Uh, you're obviously a teacher and an audio technician. And I think you have written some songs. I, mm-hmm. I remember you telling me, I don't know how much uh, music you've written on your own, but um, I guess my question is, can somebody be appreciative of music and then think to themselves, God gave everybody these musical gifts I'm inspired by that. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. I believe you can do that. Everyone is given gifts. um, Right. If you think about first Corinthians 12 talks about the uh, gifts of the spirit and those are more spiritual things, but I think. No, you're right. There's a, we're limited to the gifts that are, that are there. Mm -hmm. And so you, even when people are not necessarily using their gifts for ministry per se, you can still as, a fellow musician appreciate the the level of detail and intricacies mm-hmm. that other musicians are yeah. are achieving. We would not um, be the first to call music a spiritual gift. <laughs> I yeah. remember in college I had to take a uh, like a spiritual gifts test, like a quiz online, and uh-huh. uh, find out what your spiritual gifts are. And this yeah. particular one added things in. It wasn't just the ones that are like <laughs> outlined in the Bible. <laughs> So they right, had okay. like they like that's where you get like administration stuff sometimes yeah. from. Um, so like uh, this one had music on there as a gift. So, yeah. but I, you I, know, I think you have to be careful with 
what you do with the music that you're you're listening to um you can it can definitely be a pathway to sort of leaning your heart towards something that is if you think about it ecclesiastes it's sort of meaningless hmm. um so you have to be careful that you're not digging in so deep that the thing the true spiritual things that will um really feed feed you are hmm. Making sure, making sure that there's there's something um, that's taking the sort of I'm losing my words here. What am I trying to say? I think what you're the, saying the is thing, you're, oh, you're not getting sidetracked. There's a lot of distractions. Yeah, yeah. Um, in the world, and if you let those, those, those can lead you away from true spiritual things that are, you know, that were were made yeah. made to crave. You know. Yeah, I think um, I think the scripture is clear about when you're pra- when you're singing songs that you should be like yeah. focusing on God and like, uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll read this scripture. Cause it's, it's one we've read like four or five times now, but, um, in Colossians three sixteen it says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly teaching and admonishing mm. one another yeah. in all wisdom, singing yeah. Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts. Yeah. And so <laughs> what's interesting about that is it's like, if you're, if you're singing songs about, if if you are truly worshiping, you're you're gonna have like Christ's like word yeah. dwelling in you. Um and mm-hmm. so like I guess the argument has been made by a lot of people in the community that recently there's a lot of artists out there that are claiming to be Christian artists that do just like secular sounding music. And it's almost getting to that point where it's like it's just a Christian artist doing like a secular Do you mean song. that they're secular sounding in music or also in like content like in lyric. content as well. Yeah. I wouldn't say that they're necessarily saying don't believe in God or anything, but I yeah. think that they're like not mentioning God or Jesus in certain songs. And I'm not saying anybody in particular. I'm talking yeah. about arguments I've heard people make. Yeah. And one thing that yeah. I found helpful, um, and we will go into this a little bit in the next episode. Uh, but there's also kind of a divide within uh, Christian music that there's, some music that is meant for congregational worship. And then there is music that is meant. um, Some people use the term devotional or like just general Christian music. Right. Like special, special music. Right. I think understanding the difference between that can also help because um, for like a devotional song, it doesn't have to clear as many hurdles to be effective at what it's trying to do. It might be just trying to have like a feel good message or something. Sometimes that's okay. Right. Yeah. Well, like, uh, I brought up that thing before about like, could you, could you be inspired by like non-Christian music? Yeah. So like my, I'll tell a little bit of my story of why like music is so fascinating. When I was a kid, before I was ever like a Christian, I was like four, I started like playing piano based on what I was seeing in like cartoons and stuff like from (laughs) Tom and Jerry and Jerry's like, I'm sorry, Tom's like trying to kill Jerry with a mallet. And then they're playing like Furry Lease. And I was like, oh, I'm like four. And I'm like, and I'm like, my mom's like, what? what? Oh, I can play that. And so then like I grew up. just the cartoon music. But it was like the renewal of that talent later. Yeah. God saying, use this talent for worship for me. And me going, oh, okay. I've like had all this music stuff. And so I guess what I'm saying is everybody has like a journey, but like that appreciation of music, not all the time does it come like straight from like worship. I know people that have been in just 
church for most of their life, like Jessica, who would say that, like my wife, Jessica, who would say like, you know, they didn't really know much different. They probably didn't listen to a lot of secular music, I guess, yeah. in Jessica's house. So, but for me, it, I'm like a big dream theater fan. <laughs> yeah. I've said yeah. that on the podcast. I'm a big, like a uh, uh, fan of progressive music, which is like very technically proficient or like classical music and stuff. Yeah. But it was only like later that I was like, let me put that in worship somehow. Yeah. That would be really fun to do. I guess that's, yeah. uh, I, I'm playing devil's advocate to myself because truthfully, I lean more towards like, let everything be like glorifying to God, like all the gifts you have. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I definitely didn't come to music through Christianity either. Right. I mean, I used to listen to my dad's rush albums and stuff. Yeah. So. Yeah. Right. Um, I've, I've had a lot of really good conversations come out of listening to secular music that has nothing to do with God. And just, I've found music is like a, a unifying um, thing that can bring people together. And that yeah, builds absolutely. relationships with people, which is a really important thing because the more the, you know, we're, we're supposed to be on mission. And so when you want to preach the gospel to someone, if you have a good relationship with them, uh, secular music that I, a lot of my friends would listen to it. Yeah. And we would connect because we love, we just love the same kind of music. Yeah. And what that did was build a, a, a really good relationship. And yeah. so as we're living on mission, that's a way to, you know, if you have a good relationship with someone, you can have those conversations and bridge that gap. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's I something agree. that I've always loved about music. It brings people together in a, in a really special way. And you can use that to further the gospel. And I just want to say like oh. to all the musicians <laughs> out there, um, definitely try to get into some kind of jam session. That's like outside of your like experience. And if you, particularly if you're a Christian and, and you want to like reach people, um, and you're a musician, like go to a jam session. That's just a general jam session or get one together. You did the jam society yeah. thing here right. in Richmond. That was pretty awesome. Yeah. We used to do a ministry called the jam society and Aaron, I think you came to it a couple times. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that fight, was awesome. You had to fight people for the drum set, but it was fine. Everybody, <laughs> everybody got to pick one song. Didn't matter what it was. And we all had to learn that one song. Yeah. It was, so we'd come away cool. like we would like uh, we would do oceans and then we do like Led Zeppelin, like directly after it. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like people would just pick what they liked and we would just do it in a perfect circle <laughs> or whatever. Dude, a perfect circle is fun to play. Yeah. For, sure. for the yeah, bass yeah, player, dude. I think it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Right. Uh, so, so there's another thing too, the the other side, like the completely other side, but the same conversation about this. I have been to churches where as part of like a modern uh, movement of like church music, some churches have like the, the copyright, I guess, to do like secular songs as like spring yeah. words. Yeah. So I used to go to this church mm-hmm. in Lexington. I won't say what church, but they did like a Lincoln Park song. They're like in the end as like a springboard to the message was the message about revelation. I think so. (laughs) (laughs) And so uh, there has, I I don't know how I feel about it. I'm, I kind of lean against that, that tactic, but I can't deny that if somebody came to the Lord because they were like, I love Lincoln park, this church just got a new follower. It just depends on how it's done. Really? I heard a, um, I heard a story about like a church that had like a, um, 
casket that they brought in because they were they were preaching about like what do you, like what's going to happen after you die or whatever. Oh, and they had these pallbearers like bringing in like a casket, and the band was playing "Highway to Hell." <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but like, but so, so the, the, what I'm saying, Aaron, I guess, which is why we're talking about this is that it is a double-edged sword and that some people do believe that you can, you know, God could use it and lead somebody who normally wouldn't come to church to church with that. But, um, still the other side of that is if we're representing ourselves as of the world, are we really like representing Jesus then? Oh, like which, what is our end game? Mm. Are, are we doing this to be a cool church to get people in? Or are we doing it to like bring people to the Lord? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of that is, is Jesus said it, you'll know by their fruit, you know? So Absolutely. I think you really have to judge based on what, what, what fruit comes out of it. I agree. <clears throat> yeah. That's a good word for sure. All right. What else, Zach? Uh, we, yeah, so we kind of touched on it a little bit, but, um, what do you guys think it means to have like a difference between worship music and just general Christian music? We're going to get into this more next time, but yeah, I yeah. think we can touch on it a little bit. Um, I, if you're asking me first, I'll say that we're worship music versus just Christian music. Yeah. I'd say that worship music has like. I told I, I told Zach that I think that worship music is an actual formula, and I know that seems weird coming from me being like a progressive rock guy. Well, it's been there have been formulas developed for worship music for sure. But I think that oh, yeah. I think that worship music can be as simplistic as possible and as repetitive as possible and be better worship songs than like something technical with like a lot of crazy like melody lines going. Too much intricacy can actually hurt it. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. that the the worship song's main goal needs to be to connect people and the Holy Spirit with them to God. Like, yeah. So if you can figure that out with a song, like, and and I'm not talking about lyric. Like lyrically, it needs to be a certain lyrics. I think, but also I think just musically. Yeah. Like, um, uh, I was telling Zach that some of my favorite bands for worship music are like bands that have like simple melody lines, but are like kind of up, up tempo, but are like slow. I, I can't play it obviously because yeah. it's copyright, but like certain Robin Mark songs are like the rhythms kind of fast, but the uh, melody line is slow, but it's yeah. like, it's simple and you, you can like worship to it because it's not hard to like learn the song and then you just, yeah. you keep going. It's well, something like, that you have to be able to teach people that don't know anything about music teach it to them and has to be, you know, something that they can grasp accessible. So that's not, accessible. It's not the, yeah, accessible. It's not, yeah. it's not the time to bust out the, the <laughs> coolest chord progression you've ever right. written because yeah. that's, <laughs> it doesn't serve the music or I think write a melody that, line that is all over the place and no one can sing to it. Yeah. Um, so same rules apply to the lyrics though. I, um, yeah. I mean like, right. You can't get like way too heady or like way too personal or way too complex. You well, don't like, want like tongue twisters in there. I would argue <laughs> that I, I would argue that there's like certain hymns that we know really good that are easy yeah. to sing because we all know them. Yeah. But if you had like a new hymn at a left field, it would take you like seven different services to like get that one down. You know, they what I'm might saying? be pretty complex. Yeah. Like if like here you go, you just I'm opening open up, up the hymnal and the UMH. The, the more fragmented, open the UMH to a random page. What you got? The more fragmented the sentence, the better it'll be. 
Okay. Let all mortar flesh keep silent. <laughs> Dude, did, I just mentioned this one to you like a few minutes yeah, ago. Yeah, you did. <laughs> Let all mortal flesh keep silence ah. and with fear and trembling stand. I feel like it's like already. Dude, that's a great song, though. I know. It seems like it would be great, but I think that if somebody had just started doing it, I'd be like, yeah. oh, boy. I like and when if, you're, I, if you're a church that's maybe more seeker focused, that can be extremely strange <laughs> to someone who's walking in for yeah. the first time. Yeah. Yeah. I told Zach it's funny too because like hymns also do chord progressions that are like deceptive. Yeah. They'll be like, and then it'll go like, <laughs> and you're like, what is happening? <laughs> And then he like goes back to see somehow and you're like, <laughs> like, That's what was I, was I supposed to know this melody line? You used 17 chords, but somehow yeah. it's in the key of C. That was just the style back then, man. No, I know. And I'm not dissing. I love hymns. Like I love come thou fount. I love day by day and nobody knows it. If anybody on the podcast has heard of the song day by day, I think it's a Baptist hymn, but, um, I love hymns. I love everything about them, but I do think that if I had never heard it, which has happened yeah. to me quite a bit lately, they're like, hey, don't you know this? And I say, I, I absolutely do not know this song. It can be inaccessible. <laughs> and like yeah. hard for me to get the rhythm of it. Yeah, sure. Well, that's what I teaching. Think there's I there's think. a spectrum, too. I think you can actually go too simple with some of these worship songs. Sure. There's, yeah. there's a, especially like if you're talking about lyrics, there can be a lot of uh, songs that are not necessarily theologically, you know, um, accurate because it's so simplistic it's almost it's almost not even christian like it's uh, and yeah. especially with the the idea of doing repetition yeah. there can be songs that are very repetitious and sort of based on emotion but there's no like it's 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 loosely tied to some aspect of god so I think you can go kind of both ways. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it can um, be too, so simplistic that it's that it's not even really saying anything yeah. and it's sort of based on emotion. You get more of that in sort of like some of the more charismatic um, yeah. I don't want to generalize, but charismatic style worship sessions where they repeat the same thing over and over and try and really feel the emotion of it. Yeah. And then you can go the other way where it's so complicated and so like I don't even know what we're saying. I've never even used these words before. Yeah. You're out of the, you're out what's, of the moment. What's an Ebenezer? Yeah. All right. So here you go, Aaron. Here's, here's what you've described. You ready? Can I play you a two weirdly simplistic song where we don't know what they're talking about? Can I do that for you right now? Are you just making this up? Yeah, I'm going to make it up. Okay. Here you go. You are somewhere. Where are you? Who are you? Maybe <laughs> that's what they sing in the Unitarian Church. <laughs> that one leaves you questioning. You got to go back to the scripture yeah. on that one. <laughs> Let's yeah. just sit with the mystery. I once heard a song at uh, Old Church. Jessica brought me to, and I think the lyrics were literally like, "You are God. You are good. You are God." Just over and over again. Mm. <laughs> and I was like, "Well, they really, they really cut out the uh, detail in this one. They like, yeah. they like singing. Straight to the, it was worth a long time on that. Straight one. to yeah. the point. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just recently found out that um, the team that puts on worship for chapel at seminary, mm -hmm. we apparently have a song grading system, and it's this whole packet that you go through, and you have these different criteria. So, like, the three major categories are like um, theological." 
and then like lyrics and then the music. Yeah. So like the theological is like, is it like expressing truth and is it like saying enough or is it saying too much? Is it actually Mm -hmm. talking about like, you know, God, the father, God, the son and God, the spirit, or is it like too vague? Then the second one is like just generally like are the lyrics like accessible or are they too like weird or like yeah not like right can't touch and then like the uh, the third one's music so it's like really just saying like is the music a good vehicle is it accomplishing yeah. the type of worship that we're trying yeah. to get right so they like grade and it's not necessarily to say like this song just like absolutely fails um, but it might be like well if one is weaker in like the lyrical category maybe we provide a hymn beforehand so you can mix songs better that way yeah yeah it's awesome so um are we i think we're almost done right we're just about done did you have any other scripture besides colossians no well i i I mean i I put on our notes like any psalm i plan on just opening up one of the psalms and reading the first couple of words just for fun but um i wanted to ask aaron before we get like too close to the end I had just like a small thing. If you could sum up in your own words, why you think music is important to like the furtherment of God's kingdom? That's a good question. Yeah. That's, I know that's a, a great question. I'm not trying to, to um, hardball you, but why do you think it's no. important? And Zach, I, I want you to answer. Too. I see in uh, multiple examples in scripture where, where God uses music to um, glorify himself. So, Immediately, I think about Psalm 150, where it's talking like only about like the instruments that they play, like play praise yeah. God with the harp, yeah. the lute, and the let everything praise. Um, so that's sort of, I think music is extremely important to to God, and um, I see I see it all over Scripture. If David was a man after God's own heart and one of the best musicians. Um, I think it's a really, really important thing that we should take seriously yeah. and um, do whatever we can as musicians. If, if you identify as a musician, to use it for God's glory. So, absolutely, man. I, I think agree. it's extremely important to God the the songs and what we do with the gifts and abilities that He's given us. Yeah. So. What do you think, Zach? Well, I'd say two reasons. The, kind of the smaller reason, I guess, has to do with us, um, and it's that music is a vehicle for like a type of communication that we can only get through music. So like it's, it's opens up your soul in a way that like simply words cannot. And I think that that is one way that God would like us to communicate with him um, is through kind of what happens in our heart with song. Um, But I think that the, the bigger reason also is because, it's part of God's design for us to just sing. Yeah. Like if revelation seven, uh, I think does, and many other places in revelation kind of do it for me. But, um, in revelation seven, you see people from every, um, tongue and tribe and nation singing the songs to the lamb. And, uh, it's, if you think about like, we do all these, uh, ministries with church and they're all like very super important, especially like, evangelism, outreach, serving the community, all that stuff. But like, if you're talking eternity, singing is like the one thing that we know we're going to like keep doing. Like that's yeah, what the right. church is ultimately right. it's driving towards getting us all together to sing with and towards God. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I would just, I would echo both of you and just say, um, well, Aaron mentioned earlier, sure. 
about uh, the gift of like of music. And yeah. you said the same. Um, I, th- I really, truly do think that God calls each one of us to like a very specific station that he like plans for us. Yeah. I'm one of those guys is like, God's always got you in his back pocket, like ready to reveal something to you. Mm-hmm. And so for me, my personal experience, which I've shared a little bit about the ALS stuff and then like kind of becoming worship person is like, God says, I've given you this gift. Now, what are you going to do with it? Yeah. And so right. I think that not only is being a person who plays and sings music important, but it's like the gift that you can give to like everyone, not mm-hmm. just Christians, but like everybody in the world. And all you need to do is like do your gift. And like yeah. immediately right. everybody has like full access to like God's gift that he gave you. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, it is a unifier. Yeah. And yeah. Like this podcast <clears throat> alone is like another gift, like our broadcasting yeah. gift. But, um, we do worship songs on it for a very specific reason. And it's so that we can enter into that time yeah, and enter into that kind of spirit of worship before we even talk about anything. And, uh, I was just going to read, I told Zach, I'd read just random Psalms. So I was just flipping through as we were talking and I found like a big, good cluster of like three in a row that all say the same thing in the beginning. And so Psalm 96 says, sing to the Lord, a new song, sing to Mm -hmm. the Lord, all the earth, sing to the Lord, praise his name, proclaim his salvation day after day, declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all peoples. And then it of course goes on for great is the Lord most worthy of praise. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then, (laughs) then the next one, Psalm 98, sing to the Lord, a new song for he has done marvelous things. His right Mm -hmm. hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. And then Psalm uh, a hundred shout to shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth shout to the Lord. Uh, Worship the Lord that in a while gladness come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is good. It it is he who made us and we are his, we are people. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. And then Psalm 101, I will sing of your love and justice to you, O Lord. I will sing praise. I will be careful to lead a blameless life. <laughs> when will you come to me? <laughs> I could go on. But Very all awesome. of these are just, uh, it's cool. Yeah. And, and it kind of echoes back to what I was saying about when I do worship songs. And I, I do appreciate secular music, which is kind of, I'm trying to go full circle here and say that I appreciate the musicality of a lot of music. And I can just kind yeah. of. I'd be like, man, right. this is a great song, but there is a different, there is a key difference for me personally when it comes to like worship music and yeah. singing to God, <laughs> like sing- it's just a different right. purpose. Yeah. It's a different purpose. Yeah. That's right. right. So, right. but yeah, I would say that God gives you a gift and you can like give it to everyone. And that's pretty awesome. Yeah. It's really awesome. Yeah. Zach, what about yeah. our last question, man? We yeah. Gotta do it. So Aaron, we got to ask if you could see, something about the church change. We're talking about the church on a global scale or, you know, the church all across the country, the whole big church, all Christians. If you could see us do something differently, do something better, stop doing something. What would you want to see change? Hmm. It's a big question. Take your time. Um, Yeah. I've, I've thought a lot about this. Um, I kind of have two things that I, I think I see, I sort of watch trends for um, the church and the things that are kind of affecting a lot of different congregations. Um, I think one of the things that could really benefit the body would, 
I think is going back to on Sunday morning a a focus on classical exegesis of the scriptures. Mm. Um, I see a lot of bigger churches um, that are sort of focused on. Um, there's a lot of messages I think that are are being preached that are bringing a lot of people in, which is cool, but are sort of not not really theologically I'm not saying it's like heretical or anything but it's just not <laughs> feeding you know the, the the people very very well one of the things I loved about the church uh, Church of the Open Door is we spent the last three years um, going through the book of John at, on Sunday mornings like just chapter by chapter, chapter all the way through the book Oh, man. Just classical yeah. exegesis. You don't see that much uh, anymore. That's something no. I've been yearning for as a person who just go through a scripture. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not saying there's a lot, like you can't do, like it has to be this way. But I think if we really like dug back into God's word and really um, uh, just read our Bibles, see what's there and really like, just going back to classical exegesis of the scriptures... Um, I think yeah. that's something that we should really go towards. That's the first thing. And then the other, the other sort of trend that I see happening that maybe is this sort of like the consumerism mindset mm. where you can, it's almost like what your people are coming to church saying, what, what, are, what do you got for me? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not um, being fed. People can walk away from a worship service and say, <laughs> I didn't get anything out of that. Yeah. And, and I, I, I hear things like that, and I understand what they're saying, but I think that's that's a mindset that I don't think the beginnings of the church had. You yeah. know, if you think about the church in Acts, they came together to like support each other. So I guess my antidote for that, I think, would be going sort of leading people into when you come to church, having more of a servant mindset. Yeah, than a, absolutely. Than a consumerism mindset. Amen to that. Yeah, for sure. Um, if people were coming to church ready to serve one another, the funny thing is you'll probably get more out of your service <laughs> if you come prepared <laughs> you to do, serve rather yeah. than what it's am I going to do? It's better to give this? than you receive. I mean? yeah. yeah. So that's so classical oh. Jesus of the scriptures and getting into God's word and seeing what's really there, and then coming to church with a with a servant mindset. Those are two things wow. I think really think. Yeah. Boom and I would boom. love to see change I definitely, for, for the body. I definitely take that as a challenge. <laughs> for sure, man. That's <laughs> that, good. That's good word. That is that is interesting yeah. too because um you're absolutely right. Like in and I'm a I am guilty of this going to a church and immediately going, Oh, there there's a few problems in here, not for me. Mm, yeah. Instead of yeah, maybe wanting right. to pitch in and help mm-hmm. what can I do right. for the church? Yeah. yeah. It's not what you're yeah church can do for you but it's not it's (laughs) not even (laughs) but it's not even about just that it's what can i do for god and right Right. am i called in this position here and how am i going to be a servant no matter where i'm at yeah yeah that's exactly you want to get something out of your church service serve yeah (laughs) see and see and be the fruit you want to see get something out of it yeah awesome yeah thank you so much aaron we love yeah. having you on, man. My pleasure, guys. We really appreciate it. Thanks. Uh, we're sorry if it lagged out for anybody listening, but uh, we we heard you loud and clear, and we had a great yeah. time talking with you. I want to uh, screenshot my phone, if that's okay. 
and use it as like <laughs> sure. a selfie with you. Oh yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> cool man. Flip it like this. Yeah, that works better. So, me and Colin. Hey. Three, two, one. <laughs> oh, your yep. eyes were closed. No, better. That's better. Uh, yep, even better that time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> nice. Thanks, man. <laughs> hey, um, Aaron, final question oh. for you. Did mm-hmm. you teach your kids how to play uh, seven, eight time? <laughs> or seven, four, seven, four. What about five? It's really, it's really, e- it's really easy. What about five, <laughs> One, four, three, switch? Four, five, six, seven. One, <laughs> five, four mixed in with six, eight. Huh? Huh? What's funny about that joke, Aaron, is that no one, no one laughs at it. I tell everyone that joke. I'm like, this is the funniest thing that has ever happened in my life is when Aaron told me how to play it's seven. Such four. a nerdy musical joke. And everybody's like, oh yeah, that's that's hilarious. I'm like, it is. You don't understand how funny that is. If you only knew. <laughs> That that and bye bye birdie are my, the the two mo- moments in my life that I just could not I, I couldn't help but fall to my knees and cry and laughter. All right, Aaron, cool. we love you, man. Yeah, thanks, thanks for guys, calling in. We will talk to you soon, my friend. See ya. Cool. Peace. See you, bud. All right, we have been the House Plants Podcast, yes, and thanks for been. listening to us, and thanks for listening to Aaron. Wow, you want to see what you can get out of church? Go serve. That's what do you think about cool. that? Dude, that's sick. Yeah, that's I think awesome. I think uh, not that the rest haven't been good answers, but I think that's a really profound answer. Yeah. yeah. Like, quotable. Um, and so, yeah, as we wrap up here, I guess we just want to remind everybody um, that to check us check out. Check us out. We won't keep saying the names of these sites, but you guys. Have, at this we point, are everywhere. <laughs> people who have heard this podcast and they'll listen to any other episode besides this one know that we're on Patreon and everything and on Facebook. So, yep. Patreon, uh, connect with us. Talk we, to us. We want please. to be talked to. I have I have been scouring Facebook trying to find people to just like answer questions about like commu- God and church yeah. community and stuff. So be involved in the conversation. Be a part of our community. We'd love to have. We won't you. bite. We promise. <laughs> well, anyway. We literally can't bite through your screen. That technology doesn't exist yet. <laughs> well, all right, guys. See you later. Peace out. <laughs>